Hey everybody, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. We are a house church network. We gather in homes and each meeting there's somebody who's going to lead it, but we take turns who's hosting and who's leading each week because we recognize that Christ is in each believer. And so he's doing something in each person. We are living, breathing temples of God. So we take turns being in charge of a meeting and and sharing what he is doing or what he's speaking for the group that day. Uh, it's alive. It's vibrant. There are no two meetings exactly alike, uh, but it will affirm you differently than, say, an auditorium church where the woodwork and the schedule and the uh, predictability of it all brings a certain amount of comfort. This is very different because we're meeting in homes. Uh, usually there's food involved and uh, it's more like a family get together. So anyway, check it out, cwowi.org and sign up for my weekly thoughts, my weekly email uh, where we put information about meetings, conferences and such. So anyway, let's shift gears today talking about personal prophecy. And by personal prophecy, I mean when somebody is laying hands on you and they or they say, I feel like I, I've got a word for you. Uh, and a lot of times I've been through this before. People will get an impression in their spirit and they'll say, thus saith the Lord. And it's like, well, shame on them. You should, so, most of the time it's by ignorance and with a good heart. But, but if, if you hear the Holy Spirit say something, then, then you need to say, God told me. But if it's just an impression, if it's just something you feel or you sense in your spirit, then you need to say, it's something I sense in my spirit. It's rather vague. So personal prophecy can get off balance. And so I want to talk about that a little bit today and help you discern, you know, where, where is it real? Uh, where is it uh, somebody's flesh? And first, we've got New Testament examples. Uh, and first, let me say this right off the bat. In the book of the Revelation, chapter 19 and verse 10, it says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Again, that's Revelation 19.10. And it says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If you receive a personal word and it's all about you, and it's all about your great ministry and great things you're going to do with God, somebody's in the flesh somewhere because prophecy is going to be about Jesus and the amazing things he will do. Now, there are, there are people who've, who have received genuine words from the Lord that, that talk of great signs and wonders that the Lord will do in their ministry. Uh, you know, with the Apostle Paul, we see him being told that he's going to be brought before kings and, and Gentiles, but he's also going to suffer great things. But it's not about Paul. It's about what the Lord is doing, where he's going to take Paul. And we see that in Acts chapter 9, for instance, when Ananias, a simple believer in Damascus, uh, is told by the Lord in a visitation, the Lord appears to him and says, go lay hands on him. He said, he's, he's a chosen vessel. Uh, he's going to suffer great things. I'm going to show him all these things. So it's all about Jesus and any part that you play, it's going to be in, in service to the Lord. If you get a prophecy that says, oh, you're going to have a great ministry and you're going to affect tens of thousands of people or, or millions of people. And I'm going to put you on TV and, and everything like that. And yeah, somebody got into the flesh somewhere because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's always going to point back to, to Jesus. And again, the balance is he can tell you great things that the Lord is going to do through you, but it's not going to be about you. It's going to be about the Lord and what he's doing. So that's an important thing to see. The other thing uh, to, to bring out about prophecy and this, is, is rarely brought out is that oftentimes it's put out there, but there's it's not certain which way you're going to go. For instance, in Acts chapter uh, 20, uh, starting with, oh, you get, go down to about verse 20 through 24, 25, the apostle Paul shares and he says, the Holy Spirit bears witness in every city that trouble await me, but none of these things, none of these things move me. 
I'm determined to go to Jerusalem. And even in Acts 21.4, as he's making his way to Jerusalem, he's people tell him, and it says in Acts 21.4, people said to him, by the Spirit or through impressions made by the Spirit, don't go to Jerusalem. But Paul said, I don't know what befalls me there, but he said, I'm determined to go. And finally, in Acts 21.11 uh, and 12, the, the prophet Agabus takes his belt and he says, this is what the Holy Spirit is saying to me, that, that the man who owns this belt is going to be arrested by the Jews and turned over to the Romans. But Paul's going to go anyway. But leading up to that, it, it could have been a situation of he decided not to go. He's warned not to go. So a, a prophecy has uh, an element of, of your choice in it. Another example is we're going to shift gears to the Old Testament to uh, the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 38. And in chapter 38, King uh, Zedekiah comes to him for a word from the Lord. And Jeremiah had been sharing for some time that if the king would submit to Babylon, that is Nebuchadnezzar, let me explain a little bit of history here. Babylon, ruled by King Nebuchadnezzar, had invaded the kingdom of Judah. The king of Judah was a man named Zedekiah. And Babylon came in three main attacks against Jerusalem. And in the first couple of attacks, they took away such people as Daniel and also Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three children that were later in the fiery furnace. He took away Ezekiel. So there were three main waves where King Nebuchadnezzar came in, took captives, took him back to Babylon. And that's why we have the books of Daniel and the book of Ezekiel, for instance. But he was, Zedekiah wanted to know if he's going to attack again, what's going to happen. And in Jeremiah chapter 38, uh, Jeremiah tells him one last time in a private meeting, says, the Lord says, if you will submit to the king of Babylon, then the city won't be burned by fire and you'll be okay. And Zedekiah said, I'm afraid of the people who are already over there in Babylon, that they're going to come turn against me and kill me. And, and Jeremiah prophesies and, tell, and just tells him, no, he said, they're, they're not going to do that. You'll be protected, and the city will be protected. But if you resist the king of Babylon, the city's going to be burned. You're going to die. You know, all sorts of things will be happening. All th- sorts of bad things will be happening. You'll still be taken captive to Babylon. You know, all the different stuff that he talks about. So it's an, an either-or situation. So a lot of times the Lord will put things to you as your choice. This is the way it's going to go this way. This is the way it's going to go that way. And a personal prophecy can, can be like that as we've seen with Jeremiah giving the word to Zedekiah. Now, here's the thing. We go earlier in Jeremiah to uh, chapter, uh, where am I here? 30, uh, 38, uh, 28, excuse me, in, in 28. In Jeremiah 28, you have a prophecy of Hananiah. And Hananiah is a, is a man of God who wants the best for his country. And this is where I'm opening the door here to talk about how a person's own emotions, a person's own desire for the other person can cloud and pollute and taint a personal prophecy. Now, what had happened is here in chapter 28 of of Jeremiah, Jeremiah had prophesied what I just told you. You know, if you submit to the king, uh, then uh, the city won't be burned. Uh, yes, you'll be taken captive, but or, or no, you won't be taken captive. You can just act as a as a governor for King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Hananiah comes in. He doesn't want that, and he prophesies in the name of the Lord that if you resist the king of Babylon, I'm going to rescue the the nation as I did in the days of old. And it sounds very good. It sounds very flowery, but it's a false prophecy. And Jeremiah confronts 
the situation right here. And in chapter uh, 28, the false prophecy of Hananiah, and he says, I wish what Hananiah said was true, but it's not. So in chapter 28, what we see is, again, opening the door in this teaching, to, to see how Hananiah had his emotions involved. He didn't want the city to suffer. He didn't want his nation to suffer. And so, and so he gave a, a prophecy, thus saith the Lord, you know, when it wasn't the Lord. And Jeremiah gave the true prophecy and gave Zedekiah the choice. If you submit, you'll be okay. You can rule as a governor. If you don't, you'll be carried away to Babylon and, and uh, you know, all the other things. The city will be burned and everything else. So, so let's talk a little bit more about somebody getting their emotions involved in it. Maybe you have been victimized. Maybe you've been the person prophesying and didn't realize your error. But this will help illustrate uh, what this will help illustrate the how to tell the difference between real and and not real when somebody has their flesh in it. And like we've already seen, uh, where Paul had the choice uh, here, where Zedekiah had the choice, he had he had two options put to him. And so personal prophecy can be like that: that that the Lord says you're going to do this or you're going to do that. Or this will happen if you go this way, and this will happen if you go that way. And a lot of times people are like, Lord, just tell me. But it seems like in your spirit, you've got two options, and you're saying, God, just make up your mind. It's like, no, no, no. He's just letting you know. He's giving you, oftentimes it's an impression. It's a word of wisdom. It's a word of knowledge. If you take this path, then this will happen. If you take this path, then this will happen. And you'll know by the spirit the consequences of each. And he does that so you can make a determination which way you want to go. Paul could have changed his plans and not gone to Jerusalem. And Zedekiah could have changed his plans and not fought against it and instead of listening to the false prophecy of Ananiah. But the king was afraid and the king wanted the city, uh, he wanted to believe the false prophecy because of his own flesh. So we go to, we go to chapter 22 in the book of Jeremiah, starting with verse nine. And the Lord lays out several elements that are, uh, indicative, that are symptoms that are, uh, signs that somebody has gotten into the flesh and started putting their will and what they want, either for you or for an event, just like we saw with uh, with Hananiah and just like we um, saw with Jeremiah in chapter 38. So we saw in 28, Hananiah's false prophecy. So now we're in chapter 22. And some of the things that the Lord says, I'm just going for time's sake, I'll just go over it very quickly. But you go to verse 16. And he says this, he says, they speak a vision of their own heart, not out of the mouth of the Lord. And it says this in verse 17, he says, say to everyone who speaks according to the imagination of his own heart. So in, in Jeremiah 22, 16, 17, you'll see that a person can get that. That's what happened to Hananiah. That's why Hananiah's chapter 28 comes after 22 here, where we're or 23, where we're talking about these things. You know, the Lord is building a a lesson here for Jeremiah to be able to judge these things and, and why. And he talks about somebody speaking of their own vision, their own heart. This happened in the U.S. and it's happened in Canada. It's happened elsewhere uh, in Europe and everything where you have national elections. And you get people who are emotionally involved and then they have a thus saith the Lord and it's totally false. It's of their own heart. It's their own vision, their own imagination. And it's interesting in verse 21 because in verse 21 it says, it says, I've not sent these prophets yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. Do you understand that? This is Jeremiah 23, 21. He said, I did not send them, yet they still ran. I did not speak to them, yet they still prophesied. So these are people out of their own imagination, out of their own hearts, and they're saying, thus saith the Lord. They've become emotionally involved in it. 
And, and, and so what you'll find like during in the U S during the last elections, you had a council of prophets, quote unquote, and their words all supported one another and everything in that false spirit that was among them. And, and so, you know, it's because of their hearts, they, they didn't, they wanted the best for the country and, and who knows, you know, it's for God to judge. I'm just saying the, the fruit of it was that they got really goofy and really off. So notice, uh, Jeremiah 23, 26, uh, it says this, these are, these people prophesy out of the deceit of their own heart. Now, the deceit of their own heart, deceit, you'll recall, is something where a person becomes self-deceived because they're, they are hearers of the word, but they're not doers. So this is talking about a deception, a larger self-deception that people are in. And they could call themselves prophets. They can do different things, but then they, they compare themselves with themselves and they're not wise. They, they, they pretty soon, you know, one false word, is confirmed by another false word. And pretty soon you have a whole bunch of people believing it because their emotions are involved because it's something out of their own spirit, their own heart. Uh, and in verse 29, 30, the Lord says, look, my word is like a fire. It burns in you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, oh, 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 this is interesting. In back in verse 16, back in verse 16, uh, he, the Lord says to Jeremiah, he says, these false words make you vain. That is, it goes back to what I said at the beginning. A false prophecy appeals to your vanity, appeals to your ego, appeals to your pride. Oh, you're going to have a great and mighty ministry. You will affect thousands or millions and da, 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 da. Or a, a prophecy, a personal prophecy that has to do with, oh, I'm going to promote you and I'm going to do all this. And, and, and the Lord can say he's going to promote you. He's made you, you know, whatever in the body. But, but you just steer away from something that, that appeals to your vanity, appeals to your pride. That's uh, Jeremiah 23, 16. And the last verse I'll share, and there's so much in, in this chapter from chapter, Jeremiah 23, verse 9, all the way to the end. But I'll just share again in, in verse 32. It says, he says, I'm against the prophets who dream a false dream and by their lies and by their lightness that I did not send them. What he means in verse 20, uh, 32, that by their lightness means that they have no fear of the Lord. They they treat the, the word of the Lord as something very light, uh, very casual. That it is a, a a minor thing. God spoke to me. God did this. It's like, are you kidding me? You stand and, and you have the the. If it's genuine, then like Agabus the prophet in Acts twenty one eleven, this is what the Holy Spirit said: the man who owns this belt will be arrested by the Jews and turned over to the Romans. That's great, but there is a class of quote unquote prophets who think it a light thing that God would use them or speak to them, or or they don't consider the magnitude, the the responsibility of saying, God spoke to me, uh, the, the accountability to him, not, not to mention accountable to everybody else, but the accountability to him to say, God spoke me, to me, thus saith the Lord. One, one lady even said the father God appeared to her personally and, and said stuff. And it was all bogus. It was all false because a false spirit is, is attached to that person. And, and all of these things, uh, they're given over to error because they're words of vanity that's of their own heart, their own deceit. And, and they think a light thing to say, well, this is what God is, is saying and this is what God is doing. So anyway, I'm not going to go in anymore. What I, my point is that how you can steer clear, how you can steer clear of error is that the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's all going to be about him and what he's doing and not about other other things or not about you. So just and and how you use common sense. If it doesn't if it sounds a little off then then trust that, you know, and just kind of rest in that. See how it resonates in your spirit. And a lot of times a a false word will have a little bit of truth and a little bit of error and you have to by experience uh you know just weigh these things out and set them on a shelf. 
Anyway, taking up my time here. I didn't realize I went through, went so long. God bless. Hope this is a blessing to you. Bye.